Chapter twenty eight of Laramie Holds the Range by Frank Spearman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. Chapter twenty eight A Difficult Resolve. For two days, Kate burned in feverish reaction from her exposure, wretched in mind and body. Her only effort in that time was to get down to the corral and see that Bradley, acting as barn boy, should do something for her cut and bruised pony. Her father was still in Medicine Bend, and Van Horn, much to her relief, had disappeared. When she left her bed, she spent the morning trying to rehabilitate her riding suit. The task called for all her ingenuity, and she was still in the kitchen working on it late in the afternoon when Bradley came in. He had no sooner sat down by the door to report to Kate at his ease than Kelly interrupted him with a call for wood. Even after he had filled the box, Kelly warned him he would have to split more next morning to get a supply ahead. "'Easy, Kelly,' remonstrated Bradley in his deeply tremulous voice. "'Easy. I can't split no wood tomorrow morning, not for nobody. "'Why not? Got to go to town. What for?' Bradley declined to answer, but Kelly, persistent, bored into his evasiveness until Kate tired of the discussion. "'Tell him what you're going for and be done with it,' she said tartly. The reaction of three days had not left her own nerves unaffected. She admitted to herself she was cross. Bradley, taken aback by this unexpected assault, still tried to temporize. Kate refused to countenance it. When he saw he was in for it, he appealed to her generosity. It'd be most much as my job's worth if they knew here what I'm going to town tomorrow for. If that's all, said Kate to reassure the old man, I'll stand between you and losing your job. Bradley drew his stubby chin and shabby beard in and threw his voice down into his throat. You mean that? And don't say nothing, you and Kelly. Lee said, soonest mended, I'm going to town tomorrow to see the biggest funeral ever pulled off in Sleepy Cat, he announced with bleary dignity. What do you mean? Whose funeral? demanded Kate, looking at him suddenly. Abe Hawks. It's going to be tomorrow or the next day. If the old man had meant to stupefy his questioner, he could not better have succeeded. Kate turned deadly white. She bent over the table and busied herself with her ironing. Bradley, pleased with his confidence safely made, talked on. He found a pride in talking to Kate with Kelly in and out of the room and launched into unrestrained eulogies of the famed rustler, always the friend of the poor man, once king of the great North Range itself. "'It's a pity,' murmured Kate when she felt she must say something that he ever went wrong. Bradley had a point to offer even on that. It's a pity they ever blacklisted him. That was Stone's get-up. And Stone, when I was sheriff, was the biggest thief in the county, and the county was four times as big then as it is now. That's between you and me. Were you ever sheriff, Bill? You won't believe it, but it's so. Dash me and dash drunkards one and all. I hear, though, returned Kate, only because in her distress of mind she could think of nothing else to say, that Tom Stone has stopped drinking. 
That man was Bradley's retort, and he kept his tremulous voice still far down in his throat, is mean enough to do any damn thing. You used to be sheriff. Yes, and when I was sheriff, Kate, I found out it was better to trust an honest man turned thief than a thief turned honest man. Kate, listening to his halting meanderings, hardly heeded them. She knew in her troubled ears the rush of mad waters. Phantom voices cracked again and pistoled oaths at the horses. The fear of sudden death clutched at her heart, and in the dreadful dark a powerful arm caught her again and drew her helpless out of an engulfing flood. She got out of doors. The sunshine clear and calm belied the possibility of a night such as Bradley's words had summoned. Dead! she kept saying to herself. Laramie had been sure he would get out of the creek. What could it mean? She went back to the kitchen where Bradley, eating supper, had switched from his long-winded topic. Kate had to question him. What was the matter with Abe? When did he die? she asked as unconcernedly as she could. There was little satisfaction in Bradley's slow, formal answer. Some's got it one way and some got it another, Kate. I can't rightly say what ailed him or when he died, and I guess nobody else can, for sure. Some says he got shot. Some says he was drowned the last Tuesday night in the crazy woman. Some says there's been a fight nobody's heard of yet at all. The only man that knows for sure, if he does know, is the man that brought him into Sleepy Cat, and if he knows, he won't tell. He held out his big enameled cup. Kelly, give me just a squirt of coffee, will you? Kate, on nettles, waited to hear who had brought Hawk in. Bradley would not volunteer the name. Some deference was due him as the purveyor of the big news, and he meant that anyone curious of details should do the asking. Kate, realizing this, framed with reluctance the question he was waiting for. Who brought Abe in? Even so, she knew there would be but one answer. Bradley gulped another mouthful of scalding coffee and set down his cup. Jim Laramie, he answered laconically. She said to herself that Hawk had never got out of the creek, that he had drowned miserably in the flood. She tortured herself with conjecture as to exactly what had happened. The night brought no relief. Sleepless, she tossed, marveling at how close his death had come home to her. Every scrap of the meager news added to what she already knew, pointed to what she most feared. She lay propped up on her pillows and looked through the open window out on the glittering stars. Strange constellations passed in brilliant procession before her eyes. And while she lay thus reflecting and resolving in her mind the loneliness and unhappiness of her surroundings, a startling suggestion far removed from these doubts offered itself to her mind. Repelled at first, it came back as if demanding acceptance. And not until after she had promised herself she would consider it did her thoughts give her any peace. She fell into an uneasy slumber and woke with day barely breaking. But without an instant's delay, she dressed and slipped from her room out to the barn. 
Forehanded as she had been in getting an early start, Bradley was already stirring. Pale in hand, the old man, standing in front of the feed bin, stared at Kate speechless as she walked in on him. "'Who's sick?' he demanded after a moment. "'Nobody, Bill. I'm going to town with you, that's all.' "'With me?' She half laughed at herself and at his surprise. "'I mean, I'm for town early. Get up a pony for me. Spider legs will do.' Born of long-forgotten experience in waiting for women, Bill Bradley, as Kate walked away, put in a caveat. "'I'm heading out just soon as I can get breakfast. I, too, Bill. I'll be across the divide before you are.' Curiosity would not down. "'Where'd you going to town for?' he called. Turning half around, Kate, with a little shrug, paused. She would not be ungracious. "'To pick up a few things,' she answered unconcernedly. Bill, not satisfied, felt obliged to desist. "'Startin' early,' was his only grumble. Had he known what possibilities for that day had lodged themselves in Kate's mind, he would not have been able to slip Spider-Leg's bridle over his ears. But his business being only to get up the horse— he discharged it with shaky fidelity and for himself started with high expectations for town. Had he been given to speculating on the variableness of woman, he might have found a text in spider-legs standing for hours after he was made ready, and in the end his mistress unsaddled him and turned him back into the corral. The truth was Kate had been seized with cruel fits of doubt, and for a long time could not decide whether she ought to go to town or not. But as often as she gave up the idea of going, a heart-strong impulse pleaded against her uneasy restraint. She felt she must go. End of chapter 28